Currency. Hey, I'm Mike Gast and I'm your host. Thanks for joining me. Today is October 23rd, 2022. And this is episode 124, 124 of the podcast. Uh, love having you guys along. I appreciate your time. I hope this has uh, been a great, I hope this has been a great weekend for you. It's Sunday afternoon. Lydia and I I got to spend a really nice day together. I've been traveling, got home Friday late evening, uh, early evening, I should say. And um, yesterday was pretty much spent on the couch reading. Like I just, there's, I got a handful of books <laughs> as I, I want to do. So I got home from my trip Friday night. There are a handful of boxes waiting for me. Packages from our beloved Amazon. <laughs> and uh, I think I had three or four books that I ordered uh, earlier in the week while I was, while I was you know, off-site um, on site, I should say, with a client working. And uh, so one of them, I was like, you know what? It intrigued me. I thought, let me just start reading it. And I started, I kind of got into it and I just couldn't put it down. Not not literature or fiction, it was a, it was a nonfiction, more of a skill building book, uh, how to, but, but that got me thinking a little bit. You know, I, I announced last episode that I'm launching this paid newsletter called Broadside, Pretty excited about that. That's going to go live on November 1st. If, if you're interested in getting it, you can check it out. It's an email. It's once a week. It's $10 a month. And uh, you can just go to MikeGaston.com forward slash get broadside. So MikeGaston.com forward slash G-E-T broadside. And uh, I'll put a link in the description. But check it out. It's going to launch uh, in just a few days here in about a week from Tuesday. But what's been interesting to me is this, you know, idea of do you, do you try to perfect something first and bring it into the world, or do you put something out there that's half baked, and then try to figure it out from there? And I think, you know, look, they're going to be they're going to be advocates for both ways. I I don't want to come down on one side or the other. I think there is something special. Uh, about putting something beautiful and, and, you know, quote unquote, perfect into the world. But, but, but what I've been learning just as a, as a person, you'd think at my age, I'd know it all, but, uh, but I've been learning is like, there's a, there's a real value in being willing to publicly fail. There's a real value in being willing to publicly struggle. Now it's not necessarily the best way, you know, like I, I, I come from the branding world, the marketing world, the, 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 you know, for-profit entrepreneurship world. And a lot of times when you're dealing with a brand, you, you, you want to be thoughtful. You don't just want to do a bunch of crazy things publicly and then realize that you did a big oopsie and then try to fix it later. I mean, look, there's a lot of forgiveness for a brand. If you make a mistake, you know, there are very easy ways to kind of address that publicly, own it and actually benefit from it. You can benefit from your mistakes with a brand, but you, but you don't want to just be kind of loosey goosey shooting from the hip. And then afterwards going, ah, oh, man, I, I messed up. I shouldn't have done that. Now I think actually I want the brand to stand for something different. You know, you're a big company or even a mid-sized, small, privately owned business, whatever you are, you, you got to be thoughtful about your brand. And so, so you want to be I say conservative. I don't necessarily mean conservative politically or fearful, but but you, you definitely want to be thoughtful about how you approach the public square when it comes to your brand. You have to be willing to take risks. You have to be willing to have courage so that you can that your brand can be authentic, meaning the brand saying you know what it really stands for. If your company is a you know really. Um, 
you know, it just finds that like feeding the poor is all it's, you know, like so important as part of your culture. And the brand should come out and say that, like, you shouldn't be fearful of that. You shouldn't say, well, we don't want to upset our, you know, our audience by, you know, sharing who we are. Now you'll hear me often critique and criticize brands for coming out with some big political statement. Often it's some type of left-wing liberal wokeism type, you know, we are the world kumbaya and anybody that isn't just like we are is a horrible monster and should be <laughs> excluded from society. Thank you, Gillette. Uh, I'm often critical of that because it just that stuff rings so hollow to me. It's insincere. You know, when Gillette comes out, this was a couple of years ago, I think, but they came out with this BS campaign. You know, boys will be boys. A lot of you will remember it. Um, and it was just, it's just insincere. And, and especially when you put it in the context of Gillette as a company. I mean, they've actually had a history of not treating their female employees properly. They've had lawsuits, you know, and of course, every big company has this because there's, there are these battles. Um, and, and being accused of something doesn't mean that you're guilty of it, but like they've had lawsuits over, you know, sexist behavior uh, at the company, women not getting paid uh, fairly for the work that they're doing um, in, in relative, uh, you know, in relation to the, what men are getting paid for the same work. You know, a lot of their history has been sexist. I mean, it's a male shaving brand. It's a male grooming brand. So, you know, some of their stuff's been kind of sexist. Uh, I would imagine there have been some cheerleaders and bikinis and and rah-rah pom-poms at times. Uh, and, you know, studly men with very strong jawlines. So, you know, it's just kind of like the kettle calling the pot black. It's just, it's just rich when a brand like... Gillette comes out and, and kind of browbeats us and wags its finger at men. It's it's very customer base. So I'm critical of that kind of stuff because for me it's it's just it's just sucking up. You know, it's like, oh, this is what what the culture demands right now. So yeah, we're that too. It's like the desperate person that goes on their first date. You know, I would say a blind date these days, it's Tinder and all these other ways that you kids meet each other. But you know, you're on your first date and you know, the, the, the person across, the, the woman, I'll say woman since I'm a man, for those of you that can't tell by my rich baritone voice, <laughs> but the woman across the table says, oh, you know, I love uh, Return of the Jedi. And you're like, I love Return of the Jedi. And, and I actually think the original Star Wars is the worst movie ever. You know what? I always thought that the original Star Wars left a lot to be desired. You know, and then she tells you that, you know, she's really into uh, McCartney and Wings. And you're like, I've always loved McCartney and Wings. And and you're thinking to yourself, well, like, what is one of those songs? That, I remember the Beatles, but well, like, what did McCartney and Wings sing? You're just one of these people that is doing anything because you want to please this person. And you might just be desperate for a relationship. And you know, okay, we get it. Like, you're this guy, you're, you're finally got a date, you don't want to screw it up, but your, your chances are going to be a lot better if you're true to who you are. And if, if this person is not a good fit for you, not doing yourself any favors uh, by trying to convince her that you're uh, her Prince Charming, and quite frankly, if you're just trying to manipulate her to, to you know, take advantage of her physically, well, you know, then that means you're a horrible person. You're just, you're just not a good person anyway around this type of behavior. And for me, a lot of these brands coming out with their woke behavior, they weren't saying this stuff 10 years ago. They weren't saying it 20 years ago. It takes no courage to come out and, uh, you know, support all the woke nonsense going on right now. It takes no courage. I mean, I'm sorry, it just doesn't. And um, 
So yeah, I'm going to be critical of it. At the same time, if a brand believes something, the company behind a brand has a strong culture around family, don't be ashamed to say it just because family's not popular right now. Don't be ashamed to say it, you know, and, 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 uh, and have courage. So I think brands have to be thoughtful. They have to be careful. Uh, they have to be wise, but at the same time, they have to have courage and be true. This isn't a, uh, an argument that brands should be, you know, fearful and just kind of like never say anything controversial. You can be controversial, but it has to be from a, from a place of authenticity. Like this is really who we are. We've always been this way, but when it comes to people learning things and growing and trying and becoming better at things, it's a little bit different. And so as I've been rolling out this podcast, sorry, not the podcast, but the newsletter broadside, uh, I've just, I've just been kind of struck by kind of a dynamic. And again, reading this book, this, this kind of, it's more of a technical how to on YouTube. You know, I've been doing YouTube videos for years, um, on again, off again, you know, channel does okay. I mean, I've got 16,000 subscribers, which may sound like a lot if you're not into YouTube, but quite frankly, in YouTube, that's like, you're, you're, I mean, that's nothing. It's nothing. And, you know, sometimes I put a video out there, it does okay. Some, a lot of my videos don't. And I'm realizing like, you know, okay, I'm in there and I'm doing, but I'm not doing a good job with this. So I was reading this book to kind of, to get a little deeper and, and great book. Uh, but I was struck by it because it got into the nitty gritty and, and I just, it just reminded me of the importance of, uh, of a certain perspective, which I'm, which I'm trying to get at here today. Specifically, you know, it's, it's easy to kind of try to create perfection. It's easy to say, how do I do something perfect? How do I do something excellent? And, and that's a, that's a good desire. I mean, it's, it's a good desire to want to put something out into the world. That's good. It's a, it's a good instinct, a good drive, a good motivation to want to put something out into the world. That's let's say perfect. I mean, I don't think anyone's ever done anything Perfect, but you know, we, we'll use that word with a lowercase p, perfect. Something beautiful, something excellent, something virtuous. That desire, and not everybody has it, I, I guess. I mean, I, I would like to think everybody has it on one level or another, but this desire to want to put something out there, you know, great, beautiful, perfect, good, excellent. That's a good drive. That's a good motivator. We should, we, you should want that. But what what tends to happen is you find yourself, at least I would find myself in this mode of kind of idealizing that perfection. What is this? What could this thing be? What would it look like? Oh, you know, I think about like maybe this idea I would have for, for an essay or, or even a white paper, something a little bit more business oriented. It would become this amazing thing in my mind. Oh, I could cover this and I could, it would be all encompassing and it would just be so good and it would take people through, it would be logical it would be, and it would just, you know, the language would be great. Like I just get this idea in my mind. Well, what would happen is I would never, I'd never even create the thing. I mean, I might start it a little bit, but I would never create it. I would never do it. I would never finish it. I would never put it out in the world. I would just never have the thing I've spent. I can't, I mean, I'm embarrassed to tell you. I mean, and I have to say, and, and I don't mean this like thumping chest, like I'm relatively successful. Like God has been good to me. Life has been good to me. Yeah. I've had setbacks. I've had heartbreaks and I've had failures. I mean, 
goodness gracious, the failures I've caused myself. A lot of own goals, as they say in soccer. You know, when you, when, when you score on yourself, when you kick the ball in your own net, that's an own goal. Man, I've scored a lot of own goals on myself. Um, okay, but, but, but I've been blessed I've, and, and I'm grateful for that. So, so it's not like I've not done anything, but, but there's so many things that I wanted to do that I just never did. I dreamed about, dreamt about, I guess is the right word. I, I envisioned, I, I got excited about it, maybe even made some notes and thought, how do I get at this? But I, but I never got it out there. And I, th- and I think for me, and I'm sharing this because I think this is true for a lot of us. I think for me, I... I, I needed it. To, I thought it. I thought it had to be perfect before I put it out there. Now, a lot of you might look at me and go, "Holy smokes, Mike! That's strange to hear you say that because pretty much everything you put out there isn't perfect." <laughs> I would have never thought that you were someone that wrestles with perfection. The the crappy quality of your work <laughs> would have made me thought you've got no issue. <laughs> But the, but the fact of the matter is, I mean, there's so many things, so many visions I've had, again, lowercase v, uh, that, that, that never materialized. They never became anything because I never pursued them. And, and I think a lot of that was because, well, I think it's kind of two, thing, two parts of the same thing. It's this idea of perfection. So on one hand, I, I felt like I needed to put something out there that was the whole thing, the beautiful thing, the perfect thing. On another hand, I didn't know how to get from the idea, the vision that I had, the insight, this beautiful kind of apparition in my mind, that kind of moment that it came to me, how to translate that into a thing. I didn't know what that looked like. How do you take this vision and make it a reality? I didn't know how it could be because there's a journey. It's not just like, well, gee, Mike, you like if you want to write an article, you write it. It's like, yeah, easy for you to say, but if you have this vision of this essay that, that makes such a, like that's beautifully written and it's, and it's cogent and it's sound and it's compelling. Uh, and, and you haven't been like writing essays your whole life. You feel this, there's this chasm between this idea that you have and, and putting something out into the world. And so not wanting to fail, not wanting to look stupid and being um, hung up on perfection and then not knowing how to get from your vision because your vision is never detailed. You know, you've got the vision of what it could be, but it's not like, well, here's my vision and I can see all the pieces. So let me just write it down or create it. Uh, you don't know how to get there. And so you don't start. You're just kind of stuck. You know, one of the things that I'd like to do as an example um, is I really want to um, create video essays. A lot of my videos right now are like, Hey guys, it's Mike. Today I want to talk to you about five reasons why you should consider starting a business during the recession. You know, I'll go, number one, just talk them through, or I might do a book review, et cetera, et cetera. I want to do these kind of deeper pieces where I take a topic or a situation, whatever, and, and do more of a video essay where I share this kind of deeper narrative or thought, uh, deconstruction maybe around something, uh, and string together beautiful imagery and good voiceover and so on. I, I, I really want to create something like that. And um, I haven't done it. Well, part of it is because of, you know, it's like, how do you get there from, from where I am right now? And, and I'm going to do it. Don't worry. I'm just sharing with you, like, this is a good example, a very specific example. So, you know, I'm putting broadside out there uh, that, first of all, it was great to make a commitment. 
uh, it was great to make a commitment to the world and just say, hey, guys, I'm doing this thing. It's shipping on November 1st. And, and what was even better about that is say, and it's 10 bucks a month. Because uh, if someone, if at least one person turned around and said, I'll give you 10 bucks a month, <laughs> then I'm on the hook, which is really a great thing because I've made a commitment. That's good. I mean, now I'm stuck. I had, you know, someone's trusted me and they've said, I'm giving you money. And I said, I'm going to do a thing. So now I got to deliver it. Because if I just said, Hey, I'm going to experiment a little bit. I'm going to try this newsletter. It's free. Check it out. And I thought maybe later I'll, you know, monetize it or whatever. Well, it's easy to back out of that. And the, and the cool thing is I put it out there and a lot of people turn around and said, yeah, I want it. When I say a lot, I'm not retiring uh, from my consulting gig anytime soon, but, but enough people, I was like, wow, this is a really cool response. And, you know, so what was also cool about that, and I would love for you to, to subscribe uh, and check it out. But but what was cool about that was, yeah, a handful of those people were people that know me, you know, f friends. Um, you know, I signed my wife up because I want to check the credit. I want to make sure the whole shopping cart credit card, because I, I put all that together. Uh, I want to make sure that all worked. So then I said, hey, you're getting a subscription. I'm going to put it on my credit card. Um, so, so I'm, you know, I'm paying myself $10. Well, actually I'm losing like 30 cents or so because the, um, uh, the merchant, uh, account has to dip its beak. So I think, I think I'm losing 36 or 37 cents every, every, uh, month. But, but, um, a lot of friends, you know, signed up, which is cool, but was really cool, uh, was that a good number of people that have never met me or even spoken to me, like not even a phone call. Uh, they just, you know, we've never met in person. We, we, we have a relationship that's abstracted a little bit. They might watch videos that I make. They might listen to this podcast. Uh, they might watch my YouTube videos, but, but they said, here's take my money. And I, and that was like a very kind of wow thing for me. I mean, it just was, it was, it was humbling, first of all, uh, and exciting. It's like, wow, this is, uh, this is actually going to be a thing. I was excited about that. So it was good for me to make that commitment. But even in making that commitment, I, I don't think I had fully figured out broadside. Like I had an idea, like a broad stroke, like I was pointed in the right direction. I was aimed, you know, I wasn't dialed in on the target, but I was like, you know, the cannon, the broadside uh, of the ship, the cannons, we're pointed in the general direction. So I'm like, okay, I kind of think I know what I'm doing. I wrote my sales page, started promoting it. Now, now what I'm learning, kind of the big stroke learning, and I'll talk about the details here, is that, you know, when you have an idea, when you have a thought, this thing that you want to go after, and I see this with clients a lot too, like you, you, you have an insight. It's like, oh, uh, and I'll go from the business side of things. You know what? We ought to be um, we ought to be on YouTube. I'll use YouTube because that's kind of where I'm immersed right now. We um, we need to use YouTube because that'll really grow our brand. And so they marshal some of their resources. They start putting some videos together and they put them out there. And they don't get the result that they're hoping to get. Now a lot of people out there are like, well, it's because you are doing it wrong, and so if you hire me, uh, this great you know consultant or you know freelancer or whatever, will help you, and that's fair. Um, you know, if you're an expert at what you do, you're you're right, they're doing it wrong. But 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 by doing that, what what often happens at the client level, depending on the sophistication and the skill sets, et cetera, at the table. 
see, I told you that wasn't going to work. Like you, you get a group of people, like someone from engineering, someone from finance, someone from IT, maybe there's a marketing guy or gal in the room. Like you get your group and they're like, yeah, we're going to, tr- the marketing person's like, she's like, yeah, we're going to do YouTube. We really think that's going to grow the brand. And then, you know, the, the, the manufacturing guys kind of roll in his eyes and the finance guys like, oh, another waste of, you know, time and money. We're going to have to you know, pay for video equipment, all, you know, like everybody's skeptical. And then the marketing gale starts doing the YouTube stuff and hardly anybody watches the videos and, you know, the retention rate is bad and the subscribers aren't really changing and we're not seeing a bounce in sales. And so, so the, the attitude often is like, see, that didn't work. It didn't work. And I think we're the opportunity for all of us just in life, uh, is that, yeah, like we started something, but to build competence, to become good at that thing takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot of focus in the minutia and the details and the real tactical hand-to-hand combat, trench warfare kind of stuff. Yeah, you're right. You're going to put your YouTube videos out there and they're probably going to bomb. And it's not just for one reason or another. Uh, it's a lot of, a lot of reasons, you know, you, you have to build competence, you have to get good, you have to figure out your audience, you have to get better at, you know, your pacing and your editing and your titles and your thumbnails. Like there's so much to, to anything, but like YouTube is an example, there's so much to it. And where the opportunity is, um, is really to say, okay, we've started, it's not working. Let's start picking this thing apart and incrementally improve. It was kind of funny for me is I tend to be very much a big picture person. I'm, I'm not into incremental improvement. I'm not into tactical. I'm not into details. I'm not, a, I'm not a grinder in the sense that I like to get right into the weeds and just grind for months on end. I'm, you know, I hate to say this because it's such a cliche. Oh, I'm a visionary. Yes, I'm a leading leader of leaders. But I tend to be more big picture. I tend to be v- more visionary, if you will. I tend to be bigger context. I tend to be strategy over tactics, not meaning I believe strategy is more important, but that's where, I, that's where I gravitate. That's where my mind goes to naturally. I see those things uh, easier than I see the tactical pieces. And so if I struggle actually to see the whole, if I can't, see the, the, if I can't gain the context, I, I struggle to grasp things at times. Uh, they, they seem overwhelming to me. Uh, whereas if I could see the pieces, there are a lot of people who are like, I don't need to see the whole, I understand how the pieces work and, and I can just work on the pieces and then, you know, it comes together. But, but the opportunity here isn't to look and say, this thing doesn't work. Uh, the opportunity is to say, how do I learn to get excellent at this thing? How do I learn to become competent at it? And as you do that, it starts to unlock itself. It starts to reveal itself to you. And I think that's, you know, one of the things that's exciting about life. Uh, and I think it's something as adults that, that, that we can miss out on. When you're a child, you're used to just grinding at something. You're bad at everything as a kid. I mean, the, you know, you're, you're, you start out, you can't even walk. You know, you're bad at crawling. You're bad at walking. You're, you can't talk. You can't even understand language. Uh, you're bad at, so you're bad at articulating. All you can do is scream and cry when you're hungry and when your, your diapers, uh, needs, your diaper needs changing or, or, or you just want affection or, or comfort. But your whole childhood is, is a competence building 
exercise. I mean, everything is like trying to get good at something. Your parents, you know, send you off to school. You got to learn arithmetic and reading, writing and all that jazz. Uh, you got to, you got to learn, you know, often you're, you're being pushed to learn, uh, a musical instrument. I mean, it's all struggle. And then you, you kind of get motivated. Like you get so used to it. Then you, there are things you're into. If you're a boy, maybe you're into some kind of sports. Maybe you want to get into music. You think that the girls might like you more if you're, if you can, uh, you know, do a little shred the guitar there. And so you push yourself and, and again, you're terrible at these things until you practice them over and over and over again. I remember my kids, my boys, especially my two boys, they were into BMX bikes and stuff, and so they hang out with these guys. And there was this one kid, uh, his name is Mike, Mike Grillo. Mike, if you're listening, God bless you, man. Nothing but respect for you, kiddo. And, and Mike's, you know, he's an adult now, college educated, off with a great career, but nice, nice guy. But I remember Mike was one of these guys, like, he, you know, he, he maybe he was on his BMX bike, and they would try to do these tricks. You know, so you ride the bike up, hop it on a wall, get it on one tire, flip it around, land it like, and he would just, he was relentless. Like he would just do it 50 times, like over and over and over again. You know, they're filming, right? Like, all right, film again, film again, film again. And he crashed, crash, crash, bang, smack, you know, didn't land it, you know, had to, had to bail at the last minute. Like he just over and over and over again, never got angry. Like I never remember him. I mean, I'm sure he did a little bit, but like. He just was driven to master something and he'd nailed it. He'd nail it. Like it'd take him hours and he'd just nail it. But he was like a machine. And I found that very interesting. But but that is childhood. Like we kind of find a thing and we push ourselves until we master it. But as adults, that's not as natural. As adults, we're used to being good at things. And so there are things that kind of elude us or seem out of our grasp. And we just kind of assume like, yeah, I'm not good at that. Or, or yeah, I don't know how to do that. Or I'm not good at it. And, you know, it may be that you would never be good at it. Maybe that you've not done those things because they just aren't in your bailiwick. Uh, but on another level, it might be that, that, that you know, you've lost kind of the, the grinder mindset and, uh, and, and you want perfection. And you're afraid to fail publicly. Like, that's the other thing. Kids, I mean, kids are insecure. They don't want anybody seeing them being a dummy. But they're also used to, like, not being good at things until they get good at it. And so for them, it's like, yeah, this is what you do. I mean, they're not embarrassed uh, to try to do something until they can learn it. So with Broadside, I put it out there. um, And then what I was doing this last, I want to say at least two weeks, two and a half weeks maybe, I have been emailing daily to my list and trying to provide, like, and this is a learning for me. So I've been trying to provide this kind of lighter, pithy, quick email to everybody, every, you know, five days a week. And I started like a Thursday, Friday, went through all the week before. Then I just delivered all this week. So that's like, let's see, 10, that's 12 emails I wrote uh, in a matter of like, you know, 16 days or something. And I learned something from that. I, I, I realized like, oh, hang on a second. Um, I'm doing these emails and yet the thing I'm asking people to pay for is an email and the emails that I'm doing were supposed to be these short kind of just a little tidbit. They're actually turning into these longer pieces and I thought there's not enough contrast between broadside and what I think broadside is going to be and what I'm sending people. And quite frankly, if I'm hitting you with a 500 word post every day of the week for free, why would you ever want to pay me 10 bucks for broadside? 
<laughs> right? So I'm kind of sitting there going, I think, I think I didn't think this through properly. But to be honest with you, I don't know that I would have had it all figured out before, quote unquote, going to market anyway. I feel like I needed to put that out there. And I started doing this daily emailing. And by doing this and preparing broadside and the episodes, or the issues, I should say, coming out, you know, soon, November 1st, I realized like, well, hold on a second. I, this is ill-conceived on a certain level. And so what I, what I understood then is like, I, there needs to be, first of all, more contrast between the two products, let's call them, the free email that you're getting all the time and broadside. There isn't enough contrast. It's like, and the other thing is, I don't know that anybody has the time to read five free emails that are 500 words a piece. And by the way, on Tuesdays, you're going to get hit with a 1500 word, 2000 word, you know, I, I don't know how long they're all going to be, but like, I don't have the time for all this. So this doing and failing actually in a way, it's like, Hey, I put this out there and I'm not, there, there's no, nothing changing with broadside. Anybody that's subscribed, that's listening here, don't think I'm changing anything. But what I've realized with the free emails, like, yeah, you, you don't need to hit everybody with five days a week of, you know, a mini essay five days a week. It's too much. And so by doing all this, I've come to understand, and I said this at the beginning, I said, I'm trying like weeks, weeks ago, I said, I'm trying to find a way to bring everything together. And I think this email is going to be the way I do that. I think that broadside, and I even, I may have, I think that broadside is going to be the way I can pull all my work together because right now I've got podcast and YouTube and free email and I do my you know, I do my consulting and I'm looking for a way to pull everything under one roof to integrate it more. And, and, the, and what I'm getting at here is by putting Broadside out there, un, like half-baked and, and quasi-ill-conceived, and then by doing these free emails and trying to figure out my podcast and trying to figure out my YouTube channel, it is coming together. It's coming together. And I'm sitting here today behind this mic with a very clear vision, not just of what this thing could be, this beautiful mountain, you know, with this beautiful sunrise coming off it, off in the distance that I can see, but I can't get my arms around. I see the details, the components, and I understand exactly how this thing needs to come about. And what I'm realizing is what I've been putting out every week, every day of the week, essentially I'm kind of... Um, I am cannibalizing broadside. Uh, I don't need to be sending these emails out every day, every day of the week, essentially. They, and, and I need to take what I'm sending out every day and blow and take those a little deeper. Like just take what I've been doing and give them more depth, a little bit more heft and just send that out once a week. Then I understand now how the YouTube channel fits in. I understand now how the podcast fits in. I'm not going to explain and blow it all out because I think it gets, you know, it's tedious, I would imagine, for you to listen to. But the point being of all of this, well, first, the first thing is I can't tell you how excited I am to see this come together. Not just that I'm launching this paid newsletter. Yeah, that's exciting to see the work that I'm trying to put my hand to come together. And I know these last few episodes have been a lot about me and my process and trying to think, figure everything out. And I don't mean to treat you guys uh, as my psychiatrist. I've never had a psychiatrist, uh, nor a psychologist, nor a counselor. Uh, I'm sure there are a lot of people who think that I could, could definitely use one. But, um, 
but I'm just trying to share, and this is an opportunity, like the podcast is a great platform to just be a little bit more informal, a little bit more open. And so I'm just kind of sharing with you, you know, what's going on and, and the process I've been going through and hoping not just that you can know about me, but maybe this inspires you. Maybe you're trying to figure something out and you feel a little jammed up. Maybe you feel like you're at a dead end. Uh, maybe you're not sure where to go. And, and I'm not saying like do anything, but like the process of putting myself out there and committing to, to something has been really good. And even in doing that, there's been weeks now of continuing to follow up on that, not quite understanding how this all fits together, but by following up and putting stuff out there on a regular basis that I could evaluate, that my market, my audience can give me feedback on, that I can sit and look and go, hold on a second. People are you know, reacting this way. They're telling me this. I've got this other thing out there. People are committing to that. I've got these other things that I'm doing. It starts to come together. It's like it's starting to gel. It's starting to materialize. And the, and the parts are starting to become a whole, at least in my mind. There's a very clear path forward on how all these pieces fit. Now, there's going to be a lot of work to become excellent at each one of these. But at least I'm understanding now... Um, how to deliver. Remember I said before, like I have a vision, but then there's this chasm and I don't know how to get to the other side. Now I'm in a position because I just put something out there and I said, despise not the day of small beginnings. At least I said it to myself. I think I shared that with you guys, which is a, which is a scripture verse from the old Testament, but despise not the day of small beginnings. And I said, I just have a sense that this newsletter is going to become kind of the, the, I don't know, the linchpin, but the kind of the thing that helps pull everything together. And well, I'm sitting here today, finally having a very clear vision of how the pieces fit together. And I understand now how I start to build the thing that I've envisioned for a long time that I've been trying to understand. And so now there's this level of competency that has to come in a more specific, more, uh, uh, you know, granular in a more specific way, more granular uh, level, meaning like I need to work on my writing game and become a better writer. I need to work on my YouTube game and become a better YouTube creator. And then of course I want to get better at this podcast. So there's a bunch of things now where I have to develop competence and excellence beyond the level of skill that I have now. And that's okay. I want to become great at what I do. And most importantly, I mean, not, I say most importantly, but you know, very important to me is I want to put something out into the world that's, that's, I say beautiful. I guess I want to build something special. I want to have an impact. I want to, I want to change the world on some level. I want to impact lives for the better. I want people to have a better life because in some small way I was able to contribute to help them in a, in a t at a time when they needed help. I don't want to be the guy. I don't. I, I don't want to be that guy. that's like if you would be nothing if it were not for me. <laughs> but on the other hand, I I, I would love because I know in my life I have moments where people came into my life and what they gave me made all the difference. And some of these people know, and other people don't know. They just you know I don't even, you know like some people just gave me something. I don't even I didn't really know this person, but in that moment they had something for me. It's like wow, and God used that. And so I I want to be a vessel of honor for God. And I want, want to be a blessing to people and, and help people uh, as they're trying to find the truth, as they're trying to find fulfillment, as they're trying to become uh, the best that they can be. And um, so, so I'm kind of excited about that, all that. So 
you know, the point being of all this kind of discussion, probably multiple points, but the point really is this idea that yes, you can have a vision and you can want perfection and beauty, but often the way there is messy and you have to be willing to fail. You have to be willing to stumble. You have to be willing to get banged up and bruised up a little bit. You have to be willing to have people laugh at you. They're going to laugh at me. I don't, you know, have to have, be willing for people to be critical, uh, to smile at your face, but behind your back kind of roll their eyes and go, this guy in a stupid podcast. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But at the end of the day, I don't care because I want to do something substantive. I want to do something uh, that matters. And I want to build something that I can look at and say, thank you, God, for the opportunity to do this work. And uh, so that's where we're at. So if you've got something in front of you, you know, a vision, something that's on your heart, a desire, you want to create something, it doesn't have to be beautiful art. It could be, I want to start a business. Uh, And it could be, it could be an ugly, silly business. You know, like if you've got a vision uh, to, to do something that's not that sexy or glamorous, but like you really want to do it. You're worried about what people say. You're not quite sure to how to go about it, et cetera. Like you got to put yourself out there. You have to be willing to put yourself out there. And, and it doesn't have to be a grand failure. Just, you know, start biting off a piece, commit to a piece and start working on it. And these things like YouTube and all this jazz, I mean, they're hard because it's hard to put yourself out there. You feel stupid. You feel self-conscious, unless you're a narcissist. Uh, but the more you do it, the better you get at it. And, um, and over time, you build competence and skill and things start to unlock. It's not just that you get good at that one thing, but other things start to open up. Other things start to make sense. The pieces start to come together into a whole and uh, that can be a really special thing. I do appreciate everybody's support. I want to say thank you to everyone that's subscribed so far to, to, to the newsletter. Very excited about this project. As, as you can imagine, it's just it's been really good for me to be writing on a regular basis and to be putting that writing out into the world. I think Broadside is just going to be it's going to be a ton of fun. Yeah, it's going to be work, et cetera, like everything else, but I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. So if you're still on the fence, maybe thinking that you'd like to get uh, become a subscriber, join the community, but you're not sure, you know, go check it out. MikeGaston.com forward slash get broadside. Uh, like I said, I'll put a link in the description below, but for those of you that have already done so, thank you so much. And for those of you that are not interested, I love you guys too. Like this isn't about, I need everybody to, to buy from me. If it's not something you think uh, would add value to your life, then I get that. Like, you know, we're busy people and, and you have to make good decisions and savvy decisions and the decisions that that help you know keep you on track and keep you faithful to to what you have to be faithful to so that's cool but i am grateful for everyone that listens thank you guys for your time i love each and every one of you and i'll catch you in the next episode